Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Preconceived notions can be a real motherfucker when trying to approach film critically. Whether it's a particular director or genre or premise or actor, you really have to train yourself to leave any potential baggage at the theater door. 2019's Uncut Gems was a fantastic example of taking a well-known actor, such as Adam Sandler, and tossing him neck deep into previously uncharted genre and character depths for him. It opened my eyes to the reality that even a historically comedic actor could undertake even the most drastic transformative performances. And despite whether or not I'm a fan of their previous work, the end result will probably surprise you more often than not. This was my attitude in approaching Carrie Murnion and Jonathan Millett's 2020 Backwoods Home Invasion thriller Becky, which is currently streaming on video-on-demand platforms. Starring Lulu Wilson as Becky, a rebellious teenager still grappling with the loss of her mother, whisked away to her family lake house by her dad Jeff, played by Joel McHale, when things become even more contentious when Jeff and his girlfriend Kayla announce they're getting married. Things go from uncomfortable to hellish when it gang of fugitive skinheads led by none other than Kevin James invade their home in search of something precious. Now Becky must either flee or fight for the survival of what is left of her family. The driving force of Becky is horror alum Lulu Wilson. Her roller coaster character arc of a child grappling with loss is poignant and on some level relatable to everyone. We see her struggle to leave behind her painful past while juggling her tumultuous relationship with her father. Her rage is palpable as it continuously grows to new, unimaginable levels, becoming increasingly difficult for her to contain. Utilizing this rage, rather than it being a hindrance to her character, is the edge she needs to take back her home from the Nazi intruders. You can feel her character's catharsis in enacting revenge against the Nazis. Who are terrorizing her father and potential stepmom and stepbrother. It's a strong performance that really drives the film, given that with the exception of her and Kevin James, everyone else pales in comparison. Even Joel McHale, who I loved in Community, really didn't do much for me here. While a drama-focused role isn't the norm for him, I had hopes he would channel some of his charisma, but he mostly came off as rather wooden. The same can be said for the rest of the skinheads who run the gamut of dumb hicks and one morally confused gang member, but they are ultimately all forgettable. Fortunately, there's Kevin James who gives a performance unlike anything he's undertaken prior and is a standout for it. And for the most part, he pulls it off really well, fully displaying his ability to be a dominating and sinister force to be reckoned with. Now, the role has a tendency to be quite heavy-handed at times, given his radical appearance shift, donning numerous Nazi tattoos and emblems. Oh, and a swastika covering the entire back of his head, which certainly drives home the depravity of his character. An example of that heavy-handedness that carries over into the narrative is, at one point, James delivers a monologue about why you don't mix dog breeds, a not-so-subtle metaphor for Jeff and Kayla's interracial relationship. Oh, and then again, there's the double XL swastika head tattoo. King of Queens, this most certainly is not. That being said, when it comes time to walk his hateful talk, James certainly embraces brutal acts of violence with an authenticity that you wouldn't assume from someone with such a prolific comedic background such as himself. Unleashing devastating torture on those who stand in his way, whether it be Becky's family or 13-year-old Becky herself, James is almost unrecognizable. I don't know about you guys, but when I hear a film is being sold on the premise of one of the biggest comedians on the planet is going to play a skinhead, and a 13-year-old protagonist fights back, I kind of rolled my eyes. There's no real way this movie can be the savage revenge thriller it's billed as being, right? There's gotta be limitations of the horror aspect given its lead as a child, right? Wrong. 
dead wrong. Becky's pent-up rage materializes in fighting back against the skinheads, using all manner of household implements to maim and inflict bodily harm with. The kills are a bloody example of strong practical effects that are made even more shocking, giving the aggressor is more often than not an adolescent. One particularly grisly scene, we see Becky stab a Nazi through the throat with a broken ruler. Her face sprayed in blood as the Nazi gurgles his last bloody breath. In another instance, she impales a skinhead with a 2x4 that has nails protruding through it, moments before slicing him to pieces with a motorboat engine blade. Absolutely brutal stuff that gives the film more of a horror aesthetic than a traditional thriller may have. There's also a scene involving a Nazi having to sever their dangling eyeball with a steak knife, which is absolutely disgusting, and somehow, the film even manages to outdo this with the truly unforgettable final kill. I feel like so often we're given one or two quick-cut instances of strong practical work within indie horror, due often to budgeting reasons. So Becky being the outlier and presenting these gruesome moments with well-balanced craftsmanship is a major plus. The impressive direction and cinematography of Greta Zazula juxtaposes the calm wilderness setting with the bloody chaos that ensues, making for a beautiful blending of atmospheres. The isolating intimacy of the setting creates a wonderful Rambo-esque game of cat and mouse that Becky plays with the woodland skinheads. One scene in particular between Wilson and James has them talking over walkie-talkies at opposite ends of the woods. A simple scene made memorable by bleeding the shots of them talking together so that it appears as if they're standing face-to-face, rather than the miles apart they actually are. Brief moments such as this are trickled throughout the film, giving it far more artistic craftsmanship than is commonplace within the subgenre. Now, for as much as I enjoyed the film, the reality is that its narrative is fairly simplistic and doesn't stray far from its baseline premise. Don't expect many twists or turns in this one. But I actually found that this is not the negative trait that I thought it would be. Generally, that's one of my biggest qualms with movies is when they have lackluster narratives or they don't really deviate from their general premise. But given the film's dedication to allowing Becky's rage to be fully unleashed, it actually helps the film rather than hurts it. It's very straightforward in that we're given Becky's backstory and exposition And then we're not given a lot extra after that because in terms of this story, it would feel unnecessary or would feel kind of like just very one note and repeating itself a lot, which it never does. Now, during my research, I stumbled upon one small casting what if. Apparently, Simon Pegg was supposed to star in Becky, but had a scheduling conflict and had to drop out. While there's no concrete answer for which role he was set to play, given that Kevin James joined after he dropped out would lead me to believe that Pegg was supposed to be playing Dominic, aka King Nazi. Now, it would have been interesting to see Pegg take on a similarly transformative role, but now that I've seen James, I can't imagine him being replaced. James brings a physicality to the character that makes him incredibly sinister. And sure, he's short, he's round, and yet he still demands the respect of every character in the room, taking the air out of it with him. Earlier, I made the comparison to Uncut Gems, and while I don't think James was given that much to work with here, he brings a physicality to his character that makes him unforgettable and I'm excited to see him undertake more serious roles in the future. I'll be honest, I didn't expect to enjoy Becky nearly as much as I did. Lulu Wilson gives a stellar and emotionally charged performance of a child grappling with a tumultuous past who finds catharsis in brutalizing Nazi scum. Kevin James surprised me with his ability to pull off this transformative performance that proves he isn't just that mall cop guy. The film's overall dedication to Nazi brutality and the gory lengths that goes to send that message home was a well-needed distraction in these strange times we're living in. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys soon for another Daily Horror Movie Review. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Daily Horror Habit podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service. And follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram or at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.